You're listening to WCOM LP 103.5 FM Carborough and Chapel Hill. It's a Tuesday, it's five o'clock, and that only means one thing. It's time for another round of Snarky Faith with your host, Stuart Deloney. This is a space where we irreverently wrestle through life, culture, and spirituality, all with our heads in the clouds, our tongues in our cheeks, our hearts in our sleeves, and our feet on the ground. At Snarky Faith, the questions or even the answers are never the point. It's all about the conversation. So here's your host, Stuart Deloney. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another round of Snarky Faith Radio. I'm your host, Stuart Deloney, and I come to you with tidings of good news. Enjoy. That's right. That's right. This is like ding dong, the bitch's dad. Which old bitch? The orange bitch. Ding dong, the orange bitch's dad. Anyone had that in your head? Anyone that had that in your head over the past couple of days? Yes! Yes! Donald Trump has lost. Joe Biden has won. We can go back to being boring again. <laughs> yes! I'm literally excited that we can make America boring again, where we don't have to worry about daily train wrecks and faux pas. We don't have to worry about just just random, random acts of cruelty and humility towards random groups of people. We don't have to have that anymore, you know? We can just get back to kind of being a boring and ineffectively governed country. I, I will fully take that. I will take, I will take Joe Biden's floor over Donald Trump stealing any day. Any day. And I'm really, <laughs> I'm really just happy. Because this, uh, this, I think it was, the show has been on the air for many, many, many a moon. Six years, maybe. I don't know. We've been on the air for a while. But I remember early in the days of the Trump administration, someone left us a review over on iTunes saying, great, the show's a lot of fun, but what are they going to do when Trump's not in office? Like it was a dare. And I've been kind of, I've referenced this here and there throughout like the years during Trump's presidency because I'm like, I, I, I want... I want to not talk about this. Like, for snarky faithness, Trump is not really good for business. He's not really good for conversation. He's horrid. He's horrid for life. And yes, it is fun that I've learned to be able to, to crap on him as much as possible because it's his just desserts. But no, I would rather the United States be more compassionate, uh, be more eco-friendly, be more world-friendly, be less xenophobic, be less full of bigotry and hatred, racism, xenophobia. So yeah, yeah. And by no means does this really solve anything because we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about what are the lessons learned uh, and the lessons that we did not learn from this election cycle. We're going to be going through that on the show today. Plus, plus, plus. Uh, thank you. Thank you, my friends out there that have sent me copious amounts of Christian crazy. We have lots. We have lots. We have so much that I probably will probably throw in some at the end of the episode on the other end. On the other end. So, yes, if you are tuning in and listening to us on terrestrial radio, you're not going to get the bonus quality stuff here. So, if you're interested, I'll be throwing in extra Christian crazy at the end of the episode. If you don't know what that's, that even means right now let me kind of do our little breakdown so hey 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 welcome to the show the show is called snarky faith i'm your host Stuart deloney and we talk about the insanity of christianity in america today now we do that not simply just to mock and tease even though mock and teasing is is quite fun and we do plenty of that as well uh no we do that also as as an effort to be able to recapture some of the original spirit and, and heart of what Christianity is supposed to be about. Namely, just the teachings of Jesus that tell us to go out and not be a-holes to our neighbors. You know, that kind of a thing, that kind of a thing that we've kind of all been taught since we were kids. Like, hey, don't be horrible to other people. You know, the kind of thing that most people forgot about, or I guess most Christians felt liberated 
from doing over the past four years since Trump's been in office. Oh, we can go back to being a-holes again. <laughs> He's God's chosen. He told us we can be a-holes to everyone. This is great. America is finally great again because I can just release my inner a-hole. Yay! Hole. Mm -hmm. No, no, we don't stand for any of that here around Snarky Face. Um, and so if you enjoy this show, this, this broadcast and every other show that we have is available on podcast anywhere you can find podcasts. Yeah. Apple, iTunes, any other place we're there. Just look up snarky faith. Uh-huh. You can catch this one and everyone there too. And also, hey, we've got a website, www.snarkyfaith.com and a hotline that if you're pretty much talking to it, I like putting crazy on here. So you're crazy can be part of our crazy here. 919-525-1570, the Snarky Hotline. 919-525-1570. That's what you got to do. Call, leave a message. It'll probably end up on the air. And if you have anything that you want to say to me, the host of this show, pushback, ideas, anything else of that manner. Hey, guess what? We're on Facebook, Twitter, look up Snarky Faith, or you can just message me directly, questions at snarkyfaith.com. That's our house cleaning. That's basically who we are, what we're about here. Because in this show, you've got to kind of get ready. You've got to prepare yourself. Because over the next hour, we're probably going to have a copious amount of sarcasm. And also, as you've already experienced, we're going to have a fair amount of this, too. If you're cool with that, I think we should go ahead and start. So when it comes to elections, there's two sides to every coin. For everyone that is running in the streets and dancing like we've somehow, like, won a war, <laughs> which I don't know if that's how it was in your city. That's how it was in my city. It was a weird and beautiful thing to see people running into the streets and just cheering and dancing with masks. And I also live off of a road, and <laughs> it was kind of awesome for our family to be doing yard work on Saturday and people just driving by our house, not specifically at us yelling, maybe they were, but I think they were just streaming out. Just, just, it, it was this, it was almost primal, just people screaming cheers and joy. And, and it was as if a weight was lifted off the spirit of our country. It's almost as if someone's had a knee on our neck for a while. And it almost seems like we couldn't breathe anymore. But here we are. Do I think Joe Biden is the new messiah? Oh, God, no. He's a politician. <laughs> I've been warning you guys on the airwaves about Trump and his messiah complex and how the way evangelicals have been just sucking at his teetles for so many years. We, okay, if you want to look back on our show, just if you want to just fact check me on this one, I've been doing this since he even entered the election back in like 2015, 14, 15. I don't know. It's been a long time. It feels like it's been a century. Um, but yeah, yes. I've been calling this, I've been pushing this, and finally, the Trumpness is over. Now, like I mentioned, for everyone's victory, that's someone else's defeat, especially in America, where we're in a weird position to where Biden won by a margin, not by a huge margin. And after everything that we've talked about, everything we've been through, especially even during COVID, the fact that nearly half of the country is still cool with Trump is a little disconcerting. But again, we'll get to that in good time on the show. We want to talk through what lessons have and haven't we learned. But before we get to that, before we get to that, it is a sad day. So sad for the prophets of the Christian crazy. They've been out prophesying their little lying hearts out for weeks saying that we're going to be having a landslide. Trump, 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 God, 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 angels, 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 Jesus, whatever, whatever kind of weird wordplay they've been doing, they've been doing it in mass lately. And reality is a bitch. We can't always live in the spiritual realm. Sometimes we've got to deal with reality. And they're not dealing with it so well. Not so well. So we're going to walk today, before we hit to our main story, we're going to go through the Christian crazy. We talk about the insanity of Christianity. And we're going to go through, we're going to go through kind of some of the process of, 
of, of some of the big oopsies that the prophets had, but also their new coping mechanisms, how they're handling this, how, how, how do you handle telling people with absolute certainty that God said X, Y, and Z, and then that doesn't happen. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. A grifter knows how to grift, right? A liar knows how to lie, and a prophet knows how to make profits. That's just where we're at here in 2020. So without further ado, let's get into that sacred space called the Christian Crazy of the Week. Here we go. Claude Hammers, the Lord is my shepherd. He know what I want. Now, for all those within the Christian Crazy this week, we're talking kind of about how people have handled this pre and behind. Yeah, here, but we've got one brother here that needs a little bit of prayers. <laughs> Not really. If you guys want to see one of the scariest things that you have ever seen, if you want to see what it looks like, like to go Old Testament, like what does it look like hypothetically for someone to be possessed by a demon? Kenneth Copeland. Kenneth Copeland is creepy as hell. Uh-huh. Well, okay, I'm sorry. That's a general truth. Mm -hmm. The sun goes up in the east and sets in the west. That's a truth. We breathe oxygen. Another truth. Kenneth Copeland is creepy as... Mm -hmm. That's another truth. But in the Sunday after the election was called, Kenneth Copeland addressed his church in the most Kenneth Copeland and screw loose kind of way because... If we don't acknowledge reality, reality doesn't happen and we can just laugh it off. Like crazy laugh it off. Like Heath Ledger Joker laugh it off. Not Cesar Romero Joker. Like Heath Ledger, I'm a psychotic person. I'm going to murder you kind of manic laughing. Hey, just listen here. If you think what you hear is scary... Oh, look it up online with the visuals. It's a thousand times creepier and worse. And I've just made you interested in doing that right now. But let's just hear the audio. The media said what? <laughs> the media said Joe Biden's president. Ha 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 yeah, you kind of get the picture there. I could have left it running for like another while of lots of ha ha ha's. And then some more ha-ha-has. But you kind of get the idea. Yeah, this election broke some people. I mean, we all know good old Kenny. Good old Kenny was always, boop, a little off. But I think he done got broken in his brain. Mm-hmm. Too much blowing on COVID. COVID? <laughs> What's his last name? <laughs> but let's seriously get back to this. So, that was the worst of it. We're going to get to the fun stuff now. Now, we're going to get to the big oopsies because that's what we're here for, right? Let's, I mean, seriously, if you're going to be a prophet, if you're going to make money off doing your prophecy stuff, we need to fact check you. We need to profit check you. Profit checked. So let's kind of go into some of the worst oopsies of what happened. So here we have Pastor Robert Henderson praying and prophesying over the election, which, which, I've kind of thought from the very beginning, sometimes like it's easy to dismiss these crackpots because yeah, we know they're crackpots. But sometimes like when guys are like, I heard from the Lord and they get like really weirdly specific on stuff. I'm always kind of like, wait, hold on a second. Like what were you praying for? So Robert Henderson here is really just praying for an election that doesn't have cheating. And he gets really specific about certain states that he wants God to lock up. And one could assume if you think what he's prophesying about and praying over is true well maybe god did what god wanted to do here he just didn't want to do what robert henderson wanted see if you can kind of see it
So we thank you in Jesus' name. We thank you for Joe Biden in Jesus' name. Thank you for binding up and loosening all them demons from the Chopper administration in Jesus' name. Because really, if you don't name it specific enough, Pastor Henderson, we can all assume that God's will was done. <laughs> it just wasn't yours. See, that's kind of how it works, sucker. But we got some guys that got a little more, just a tad more specific, right? We got like Trump sycophant, pastor and prophet Kurt Landry. Kurt, what are you seeing in the spiritual realm, brother? The Lord says, son of man, prophesy unto Wisconsin that it will go red for Trump. Prophesy unto Michigan that it will go red for Trump. Prophesy unto Pennsylvania that it goes red for Trump. Prophesy unto North Carolina that it goes red for Trump. Prophesy unto Georgia that it goes red for Trump. Prophesy unto Nevada that it goes red, red for Trump. So, Curdy Poo, I'll give you one. We're not sure about North Carolina yet, but that's your closest, closest, closest option to being a little correct at all. I mean, what are we doing here? Do you have like a dartboard? You're just kind of throwing darts against the wall and just naming random states that he's going to win. Come on, your prophecy powers are meager. Have you not been working out in the prophecy gym in the off season? You've come out here for the political season. You're spiritually flabby, Kurt. Come on, come on, come on. We need your A game, Kurt. Your A, A, A game. What do we hear? What's going on, Kurt? You're choking, Kurt. You're choking. I might give you another chance. I might give you another chance in the Christian crazy. We'll see. We'll see. But suck it up. Suck it up, brother. You gotta do better. You gotta do better. But seriously, brother, you gotta do better, Kurt. Stop sucking at being a prophet. We've got someone new to add to this, though. That may, that may give us a little bit of spiritual clarity that we're not understanding fully about what's happening in the spiritual realm right now. And you know this is Christian crazy when I'm getting the Nicolas Cage cadence unintentionally. But this is Pastor Key. Oh, sorry. <laughs> getting too, I'm getting too cagey. Uh, Pastor Kent Christmas. Pastor Kent Christmas is here to explain to us how things are really working out in the spiritual realm. Because I think as he's going to tell us, we're going to learn something that we already learned back in grade school. Mm -hmm. The power of calling opposite day. Oh, you tricky devil, Pastor Kent Christmas. Good evening, um... I want to share what I feel like the Lord is saying to me. I know so many of you have reached out and, and you're asking questions on what we're seeing done in, in the spirit realm and in, especially in this election. And so uh, I had really not addressed this because God hadn't spoke to me till this morning. And so I pray that what I'm going to release to you tonight would be an encouraging word. Uh, one of the things that I, I want to establish is that when God releases the prophetic word, it is always opposite of what's happening in the natural realm. And that's what we're seeing right now. The word of the Lord that I feel God has put in my spirit and not just in my spirit. There's a lot of other men and women that are feeling the same thing. I'm feeling it too, brother. I'm feeling it too. It's called BS. It is called BS uh, in the realm of prophetousness. Yes, but I love it. I love to try what he's going for here because... What they do is, I'm going to tell you how it's going to be. This is what the Lord told me. It's going to be X, Y, and Z, right? And then it doesn't end up the way that they prophesize because they're pulling it out of their rear ends. But, but, now for all of you, for all of you junior charlatans out there, take note. This is how, this is how you can do a turn on a situation, Right? So you've made a prophecy, and it's completely false and incorrect. Well, well, well. What you do here is you quote the spirit realm, right? Opposite day. Well, what I heard from the Lord was in the spirit realm, and that is 
really what some of us know is the opposite of what I said. So <laughs> I gotcha. I out mind tricked you. I'm as crazy as a fox. That's where we're at right now in 2020 prophecy. Come on, guys. This is this is just lazy, lazy griftering. I mean, are you guys all like spiritually like chubby charlatans? You're not like working out in the Lord. Come on, where is your where's your moxie? Where's your dedication? Where's your commitment? And if you're looking for someone who committed, like double down, like triple down. We've had this guy on here. He's pretty much Pastor Royd Rage. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Pastor Greg Locke, who is uh, going to tell us about a landslide that's going to happen. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. This nonsense is worse than a witch hunt. It's a constitutional massacre. We are sick and tired of leftist propaganda. You can't just make up stuff because you don't like somebody. We are going to win. That is 100% fact. America has spoken. We're sick of your foolishness. So your foolishness would tell you that Donald Trump did not win in a landslide. Not absolutely, not positively, not any of those. No, no, Pastor Greg. No, you. Oh, wait, you're never really right. You're really just kind of angry. Yeah, you're that guy. But, but did you ever know that oftentimes prophets have each other's back. I didn't even know this. I kind of found this weird connection because, right, Pastor Greg is here raging on how Donald Trump's going to win in a landslide. And we've had her on before. Kat Kerr is going to kind of recontextualize what she said when she meant landslide because, oh, you idiots, you didn't hear her right. She said landslide because she meant landslide. But landslide, not landslide. Mm -hmm. So easy to miss. Landslide, not landslide. <laughs> We're just idiots living in Kat Kerr's world. <laughs> Educate us there, prophetess. And if you will remember, one of the things he had me say was that Trump would win by a landslide. Okay. Now, in man's mind, in their human mind, they already put together what they think that means. Right. But many times, as we know in the word or even just from experience ourselves, especially as a prophet, that doesn't ever mean what man thinks it means. Those who have been perpetrating the lie have been paid to commit lies or stealing or cheating will begin to get very nervous. They're actually already nervous. And let me tell you, conviction is going to come upon some of them. In the lower levels, that's what he meant about the landslide, the smaller rocks move first, which pulls the bigger ones down. And that's what he meant when he said Trump will win by a landslide. So there's, there you go. That's the difference between revelation and what man in their head thinks that means. <laughs> She's so right. What you thought she said and what we heard with our ears, we're just silly people. We're just silly humans with ears and brains and words and thoughts. <laughs> You're right, Kat, because when you said Trump was going to win in a landslide and he didn't, that just really meant that it was a landslide in our hearts and we were going to have some movement in our hearts and <laughs> praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And let's just rejoice in the fact that no one, no one, no one at this place could mock us, right? <laughs> All of us that believe in this malarkey. <laughs> I even used a Biden word, malarkey. But fear not, prophets of the Lord. Regardless of what trash you're spewing out there, do not worry. God's got your back. God tells you the truth because he doesn't want you to be mercilessly mocked because God wouldn't let you guys be mocked because God's not behind this. So if you're being mocked, then we can just assume that you're on your own. Right, Kurt? Right, Kurt Landry? I'm going to give you a second chance on the show. <laughs> I'm a generous man. I'm a generous man, Kurt. Here's your shot. Don't blow it, Kurt. Don't blow it like you always do. Son of man, do you think that I am going to allow my prophets who prophesied Trump's second term and prophesied with all this goodness coming to this nation to be mocked by a mass media manipulation? Nope. Nope. 
Nope. Pretty sure here, Curdy boy, you're on your own. God cut you loose. God, <laughs> if you're going to do your own game, you go be, you go be the idiot. You get mocked. And that's what's happening here. Mockery happens not because these people are saying the word of the Lord. No, because they're just, because they're just idiots, charlatans, and grifters, just like the president that they're supporting. Oh, have, have on this show, have anyone ever sensed a theme here? Because it's if it's not a theme, then I've taught you nothing. And what is what do you assume here, there, Kurt? Like, does God speak like King James version? Son of man, listen to me. I am the Lord. <laughs> what is this? Ah. Uh, it's okay. There's more mockery to go around. So don't worry, Kurt. Don't worry, Kurt. I share. I share with your friends. I do. Like Hank Kuhneman. You're one of my favorites, Hank. So Hank, just tell us how God said you're not going to be mocked. Mm-hmm. Tell us. We cannot afford by our fear getting on social media and, and, and typing out the prophets have missed it, the people of God have missed it, I can't believe uh, and trust preachers anymore, I can't trust any, I stop it, you're agreeing with the 10 spies who came back, yes, with an evil report, and that is an evil report to attack the prophets, to attack the vessels of God and those who are in fact hearing from the Lord. We want to be keyboard warriors. We want to Tell off the prophets. And I'm asking you this. Why are you attacking the prophets, the, the, the intercessors, the Christians, the positive voices, no matter who they are, even on the media, that are wanting to see Donald Trump reelected? Why are you attacking them? I mean, if you're asking, I might as well give you an answer. Why are we attacking you guys? Oh, because you're lying. Uh, because you don't speak for the Lord. Because you speak out of your own weird, 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 manipulative version of what you think the gospel is. You think the gospel was given to you, Hank Kuhneman, and others like you to be able to profit you. You see the gospel as a way for you to be able to make money, like a, multi, a multi-level marketing scheme. You see the gospel as you use the words of Jesus to go out and punk a bunch of idiots to get their money. Why do we rejoice in the fact that the prophets, the so-called prophets of the Lord are wrong? Because they're not the prophets of the Lord, because they don't speak for the Lord, because they are not in the business of the Lord. They're in the business for themselves. They're in the business for themselves. And that, that, that is the point of all of this, all of these, all of these prophets that called for Trump's election, saying he was God's chosen I'm not even getting into the whole prophecy of elections and who wins which, what, or what, but I'm getting into the fact of this. To call someone that is so anti-God, that is so anti-love, so anti-compassion, so anti-grace, God's chosen, you're asking for mockery because you're not really representing God. I mean, you can use the words and say God said this, but they're just words. Because so many amongst you are full of many words, but none of them are truth. None of them give life. None of them change lives. None of them help people where they're at. Most of these so-called prophets speak from a place that helps them where they're at. It builds their base. It builds their platform. It builds their pocketbooks. It makes them money. And they're going to continue to prophesy. They're going to continue to make excuses about why they were wrong. Because guess what? There's going to be the next thing. There's going to be the next sucker to go after. Because that's what they're going to do. Because they are just full of empty words. If you think I'm wrong, if you think I am wrong, you want to hear a bunch of empty words? Let's go ahead and hear our president's number one top spiritual advisor, Paula what? Yeah, Paula White. That's going to make you say what? Yeah. This is her doing her coherent thing. Mm-hmm. 
Oh my God, shut up. God is not hard of hearing. I don't know where folks like this have got off to where they have learned to somehow make prayer as weird as weird as possible. Somehow like that if you just just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, it somehow is more spiritual. It, the more babble that you say, the more spiritual it is. The less sense it makes, the more spiritual it is. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this because this is one of the reasons. The, these folks are, are, are one of the reasons why I even started this show because this is infuriating. It's fun to make fun of. It is really, really, really fun to make fun of. And I think it is my... Spiritual gift to be able to do that To be able to point out the fact that this Is not Christianity This is not spirituality This is not God I don't know what this is I don't know what the Paula Whites Or the or the Hank Kuhnemans Or the Kenneth Copelands I don't know what this is But it is not God This is some sort Which is funny because they all of these groups They like to talk about the Antichrist spirits The spirits of witchcraft The spirits of all this other weird supernatural stuff But honestly it makes them sound like They are some sort of a weird cult They sound like weird 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 Like throwing out almost like they're throwing out Incantations here This isn't like a sensible faith that they have This is a faith that rejects reality This is a faith that says I told you this you believe this It didn't turn out well, it's just because God's God and you're just dumb. You just use your dumb man brain. And if God is God and God's opposite of what we do here, it, why do we even talk to God? Because we're just small and human brains are little. And well, at least we have prophets to tell us how to think. Hmm. So we made it. We made it through the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> we made it through the Christian crazy, especially after an election. I know it was a lot. I know it wasn't a lot. But I did that because, one, we need to know where we've come from and where we're going. But, two, after any kind of situation, we want to be able to take a time to pause, take a deep breath, and reflect. Perspective is paramount. Perspective is key. And I think we need to figure out what lessons we've learned and what lessons we haven't learned. As we stand here, after the presidential election and with all of the prophets of God, all of the proclaimed prophets of God flailing and just being damn wrong about like everything. Like my thing would be if you're supporting those ministries, why? Like really why? They're wrong. They didn't say anything right. They're not even really preaching the word of God. Is there compassion or love or anything Jesus you there? No, no. That's not Christianity. They can keep saying it. They can say Jesus' name and all the other kind of stuff. No, no. That's not it. That's not life-giving. That seems very oppressive their way of doing things. But you know what sounds life-giving? You know what sounds life-giving? I'm, I'm going to give you the sound of something that is incredibly, that is incredibly life-giving. And if you don't know what that is, that is the sound of church bells ringing in Paris, France, when they heard that Joe Biden had won. In England, in England, there were fireworks. And places all over the world, countries that are not our own, celebrated, celebrated the demise of Donald Trump's presidency. And I don't say that because I'm here to say my team wins. I say that because the world collectively had a sigh of relief. 
And the ding dong, the witch is dead song I sang at the beginning was felt all over the planet. I feel like the planet itself breathed a sigh of relief because the planet was like, okay, good. Get us back in the Paris climate agreement. At least get back to, (gasps) I know you humans can't breathe because of COVID, but I've kind of had planet emphysema for decades. So yes, we celebrate when authoritarian wannabe goes down. (laughs) That's what we do because that's who we are. So for our main conversation piece that we have today, let's go ahead and talk about like what lessons we have learned. Now, I understand that you're listening to a show called Snarky Faith, and the reason we talk about this is is simply because we are at that spot where we want to talk about that intersection, oftentimes where faith and politics go awry. And one thing, one thing I've been hammering home with... (laughs) the past five years uh well four years and then yeah uh since the election was this and this is i'm gonna just give you guys some stats coming from the ap uh in their article entitled evangelicals stick with trump see upsides even if he loses because of course they do and the article they i'm going to quote them by saying this white evangelical voters made up 23 percent of the vote nationwide and overwhelmingly voted for trump this fall with 8 in 10 backing him. There's no question that we did our job, said Ralph Reed, the veteran GOP activist who founded Faith and Freedom Coalition nonprofit. So the conservatives feel like they did their job. You know where they were at last time? 80%. 80% first time. 80% second time. What that tells me here is this. Anyone, anyone, it's obvious they have not learned their lessons. They have not been able to see beyond voting on a single, single solitary issue. A single solitary issue with which I will argue that Jesus never spoke of because they've made everything in their faith about abortion and conservatives voted the way they wanted to because they vote their preference because conservatives are all about comfort and themselves that's what i've i i've i have just come to this conclusion over the past while that conservatives want the world to go back to the place when they felt comfortable being white and their church felt comfortable And their church did not challenge them because they give money every Sunday. So we give money every Sunday so we don't have to feel uncomfortable so we can feel good about God. We put on these uncomfortable clothing. We listen to a long-ass sermon, sit through Sunday school, sing a bunch of songs I never heard of because that's what Christians do. That is what we do. That is the cross that we must bear. We waste a couple hours on Sunday. We get to act like a-holes during the week, and we go to heaven in the end. That's how it's always been, and thus it shall ever be, which is essentially what I'm assuming (laughs) the way most conservative minds think. I know it isn't that simple. I know it isn't that simple because uh, in their minds there are many different boogeymen out there. And they are worried about being terrible sinners. And they've been told they're horrible lumps of clay. They're terrible humans. And God barely loves them. But Jesus gave them a little hope. So God hates you a little less because of Jesus, but you're on thin ice, buddy. You're on thin ice. So we see this again. White evangelicals, consistent with Trump, 82%. But here's what I like to see. Let's just see, like, do, do other faiths, where do other faiths stand within this? Because I'm not just going to throw rocks here at the Christians. Yeah, yeah. He who hasn't been snarky, cast the first stone. <laughs> I've been snarky. <laughs> I'm going to cast the first stone. So this comes uh, from an article over on religionnews.com about the exit polls show few changes in the religious vote. Um, so they'd said this on the article. The vote cast uh, exit poll found that 68% of Jews favored Biden and 64% of Muslims did so roughly in line with past elections. So, first of all, first of all, mm. 68% of Jews favor Biden? 
excuse me. Excuse me. Anyone else? What about what about the other 32% of Jews out there that that voted for the racist bigot? Okay, 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 okay. I'm fine, I'm fine, fine. Let me let me talk to the Muslims out there. 64% of Muslims favor Biden. What about the rest of them? What about the rest of them? Seriously. The rest of of Muslim kind. The Muslim ban, all of this. How did you think Trump was better? So, so one of the lessons that I've learned is that very little has shifted in our country. And that in many ways, there is, there is a communication problem. There is an education problem. There is a talking problem amongst a lot of us out there. And I know that we are very polarized, but seriously, it just makes it, it just makes it very, very difficult the people understand with such a racist and hateful president that some that have been in the blanket of his targets would still vote for him. Mm. So as much as I want to say American Christians, especially evangelicals, the conservatives are very selfish and that's true. But I think we're also running into an a uniquely American problem here. Yeah. We vote for our own personal welfare. We don't vote for the community. We don't vote for the greater good. We vote for me, my pocketbook. So to give a little bit of pushback against my own self, it's not just, it's not just evangelical traditions that are terrible voters and are people that have no ethics and morals that line up with their system of faith. It's not just them. So Yay! Let's all go back to being mediocre. End of the show. Catch you guys again next week. Bye-bye! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not going to let us off that easily. No, no, no. No, no, no. What I, I mentioned, I remember mentioning this uh, a couple episodes back, that I, my hope um, for exiting 2020 politically and just calendar-wise exiting it, is that we can go back and figure out what lessons we've learned and what do we need to carry with us into the future. Because I would mentioned before that I want us to be a people that learn to make new mistakes. I know that sounds very counterproductive in how I'm saying this, but I'm so tired of Christianity making the exact same mistakes over and over and over and over and over again and not learning from them. I would rather us try something new, try something different and succeed or fail, but at least we're doing something that isn't the same thing that we've always done. So much of Christianity in America is so tired and boring now because it's so aligned with Republican politics to where you almost can't see daylight between the two to where somehow their gospel has gotten twisted in with political talking points and yada, 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 blah, 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 right? This isn't new. I want us to learn to make new mistakes. I want us to learn us to make new mistakes based on hopefully like honestly honoring and following the ways of Jesus. How he's like, depicted in scripture because in my mind that would lead us towards a better reality now i'm going to offer this to you so at first i was i was kind of going like where do we go in this direction um for for kind of charting a vision forward because as a person that tries to tries to plan that tries to strategize that tries to look towards vision i'm not prophesying here but for me as a person that does like to strategize I, i've i've had a very hard time being able to look beyond this past week. Uh, because I knew that the election, whichever way it shifted, uh, was going to give us two very diametrically opposed versions of America. Now, I know some make it seem like one way we're going to heaven, one way we're going to hell. No, no, I think that we, we're moving away from jumping off a cliff, but we're still not far from a cliff. So it's not like we're doing great here, but my hope is that we move into a positive direction. Learning from our mistakes and moving towards being a better humanity, being a better America, hopefully being better followers of Christ in the midst of it. And I'm just going to offer this to you. 
this has nothing to do spiritually. I'm not going to say the Lord gave this to me. So I was actually really looking through some scriptures to be able to have talking points today on the show. And I circled back to this. And we, I talked about this a little while back um, also on the show. There is a, uh, in the Old Testament, as the children of Israel um, cross through the Red Sea, Moses lifts his arms across the Red Sea. Uh, and at the end, and the Egyptians uh, run into the Red Sea. Moses puts his arms down. They all die, right? So, yay! Good guys win. woo Like the end of every Michael Bay movie. Yeah! Bad guy's dead. Good guy's alive. Ah! So, I was kind of going through that and really getting the sense of a very simplistic view of things, which I did not want to ascribe to in, in, in a certain sense to where I know children of Israel are crying out to the Lord saying, yay, the Lord, you vanquished our, our enemy. But in many ways, it started sounding a lot like the talking points of a lot of the prophets that we had talked about already, um, our fake prophets we've talked about already in the show. But I did want to pull out this one, and this is just really dumb, but I, it did amuse me. Um, and especially since we are in, we are in the month of November. And this comes from, where am I at? This is Exodus 15, verse 7, and maybe 8. It goes like this. So this is, this is them cheering after they've had a great victory. and They're praising the Lord for God's uh, victory over the Egyptians. And it said, In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who oppressed you. You unleashed your burning anger, and it consumed them like stubble. First of all, I really just like that idea, consuming things like stubble. Now, Bible words, the stubble means like cut stalks of grain plants that are sticking out of the ground like after the grain's harvested. So you're like burning things off because that's, you know, agrarian, <laughs> but you're not in Stewart's head. So I just like this idea of that, that you consumed, the Lord consumed the Egyptians like stubble, like a, a, non-shaven face after a day or two. Roughly, roughly. As my, like my daughters will try to touch my face if I have a <laughs> stubbly face. Be like, ah, it's rough. So yes. So the Lord dealt with them like rough stubble. Not really. That was just a, a, a bit of amusement that I had within that. Nothing, nothing spiritual there too. But, but I, do think, I do think that we're in, we're in a place when we began to look at these as places where we could go back to we could go back to a lot of the folks in the Christian crazy that look at scripture in a very like binary way. God hates these people. God loves these people. God vanquishes these people. And I'm on the right side. Woohoo! But um, that's not really, that's not really what we're supposed to do. And I'm going to introduce a quote from it's a really good book called Small Things with Great Love, Adventures in Loving Your Neighbor by uh, Margot Starbuck, who is a North Carolina local. But she says this. Um, she said, A lot of us with rich, full lives do take seriously Jesus' command to love our neighbors the way we love ourselves. We're even willing to entertain the probability that his signature Good Samaritan definition of neighbor calls us to befriend the unlikely and sometimes inconvenient type of person he describes in the story. And so the rich, full lives we lead, packed with important stuff, but without much margin left, left over to those who live on the world's margins, sort of begs an important question to us. And her question simply is this, and this is, this is what I want to get at. This is what I want to get at blasting all of this stuff that has really nothing to do with Christianity that the Christian crazy does and a lot of the, just the noise and clatter that a lot of churches in America are involved with. I want to talk about something on a, on just on, on a more just very narrow and specific manner. If we are called to do the work of Jesus, which does call us to walk out an ethic that is much like the Good Samaritan, that calls us to go and help someone that is not like us, that doesn't look like us, that needs, that just someone that needs help. It calls us to go and do those things, right? And what Margot Starbuck is, is commenting about how we have packed our lives. So we don't, many of us don't disagree with this ethic of wanting to be able to help others. But many of us have structured and oriented our lives in a way where there's no room for the others. Her point is that we are far 
too busy to be able to do the work of God. And that is that that is a that is a very interesting, a challenging, but also a troubling statement for a lot of us too out there. That I ask myself, do I am I too am I too busy to be awake to the work of God? Because when we begin to look at the, the different versions of Christianity that we've kind of been, I've been jumping around with this hour to where we see a lot of the, the brash, the, a lot of the brash prophets that have shiny ministries that promise you this, that, and the other. Those there, when they talk about praying for a vision of where God wants them to go, they are praying out of, out of ego. How will God glorify them? What message will God give them that will make them look good to their followers? What God can God, yeah. How can God help me so I can help you? But really, if we look at the the posture, uh, the stature of of the make and the mold of Jesus, we see when we look towards the future, what kind of vision we want to pray for is really simply praying, God, where do you want me to serve? And the first one, God, give me a vision. Give me a ministry. Give me a big thing. Ego-driven, big. Lots of applause. God, show me where to serve. Where do you need me now? We get crickets. And the one thing I wanted to remind us today, as, as we celebrate, as we celebrate, as we celebrate and say, yes, 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 we are moving, we are moving out of authoritarianism light. We will soon be able to say our goodbyes to Donald Trump to let him go off to be a civilian that will probably be eventually blocked and banned from Twitter within the first week of him being a a civilian. We look forward to that. So we celebrate today, but we plan for tomorrow. We plan for tomorrow because this isn't just about politics here in America. There's been a lot of politics that have been that have that we've dealt with over the past four years that have dealt with deep ethical issues. But now that we can cry ding dong, the bitch is dead, it goes back to us. Where are you needed in your space? Where are you needed in your neighborhood, in your workplace, in your small space? Because the work of change, the work of bringing about change, about bringing about racial reconciliation, about, about bringing about equality in America begins at home, begins right where you exist, right where you get your hands dirty, right in your neighborhood. It begins with you. It begins with me. It begins with what we do and what we don't do. Because... Oftentimes, I worry that we want to be excited that we went out and we, we campaigned and we voted and we got rid of a bad guy. Great. Biden's not here to fix it for us. This isn't like Jesus never told us to go and <laughs> vote and then you're good. I mean, Jesus did say render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And Caesar cares a lot about money. God cares a lot about people. And we're called to care a lot about people, whether they believe like us, whether they worship like us. But we should be a people that care enough about grace and love and compassion to say that my life now needs to be about making others' lives better. If I have lived with privilege, how can I help others that have not? Who needs my help? Who needs someone just to show up to do something menial that doesn't get applause, that doesn't get you a new job or doesn't get you status? Where do you need to show up and just be a good human to be a good representation of Jesus in a world that too often feels like it is alone and cold? See, what I'm asking you to do here is we celebrate And we take that joy. We let it fuel us to making good change, substantial change in our neighborhoods and our communities. So as we celebrate, we enjoy the sweetness of the moment. But we are also very keenly awake and aware of what is needed from us next. 
you are needed to show up in your own space. You're needed to pray big prayers of asking God, where do you want me to be? Where do you want me to show up tomorrow, God? How do you want me today? Those are the kind of prayers that matter, not these kind of big lofty prayers from the fake prophets. God wants you to be you in your own space because that's exactly where you need to be. And there's some people that need exactly you tomorrow and next week. So I'm going to end this here just reminding you that there are better days ahead and that you are part of the solution. So as I end this broadcast, just a reminder, you can catch the podcast at www.snarkyfaith.com and I want to send you out with the holiest amount of grace and snark and peace. Move out into this world knowing that you are well-loved by God and that you are needed to make this world a better place. You are needed for the healing of this world. You, me, all of us. So get off your butt and do it. Because I believe in you. And I'm out of here. Peace. I forgot. I did promise you guys some bonus Christian crazy. We had a lot this hour. A lot for you to consume. I know it is. You may feel like you are up to your gullet and Christian crazy, but I left this one. I left this one just for fun. So this is Cat Care prophesying about the amazing things that God was is was planning to do through Donald Trump's second term. <laughs> the amazing things we're going to do and you're going to listen to this and go like, oh crap, I should have voted. Ah! <laughs> I just love it. I love it. This is kind of what you maybe call Briar's remorse or prophet's remorse. Because maybe, maybe if they'd have told us all along, maybe we would have voted for Trump. No, we wouldn't have. Because this is all just crazy lies. But, you know, let them enjoy... Let them enjoy their false reality for a little longer. Because so here is what you have missed through God's blessing since you did not vote for Donald Trump via Kat Kerr. As far as inventions and cures that are now going to be able to be released because of this next few years, has he shown yeah. you stuff like that? Absolutely, yes. He's had me talk about that for some time. Uh, even before Trump was running for president, he did tell me that there'll be five uh, five new energy sources that we don't even have right now, and that wow. they would come probably within a time frame. But this is something for our lifetime that these uh, cures for diseases, cancer, will not exist. I really believe they've already found the cure. There's new inventions coming once we step into this continued season of Trump. And wow. even the next years after that, it will increase. It's going to begin to increase. Trump's just going to push through, get a lot done. But those coming after him, like Pence and others, great men of God, will get things done much faster because Trump was here, because he did what God called him to do. And there will be inventions we never even dreamed of having that will make life right. less expensive for us, that will be available to people everywhere. And so, yeah, God has got a big plan for the season. And this is just another part of that. Wow. I mean, wow, wow, wow. New power sources, new inventions, no cancer. Sign me up. But really, like, how do folks like these keep having a job? Like, how do people, that's my biggest question. That's my question I will end this on is, is that after people listen to these folks, why do they keep believing after they're wrong? Time and time and time again. Because I think the desire, the desire to believe, the desire to believe in something is greater 
than the effort that it will take to make something happen. Meaning, as I had heard my grandfather say, if if and buts were candy and nuts, oh, what a wonderful Christmas. Meaning that, well, we've also heard this other statement, the road to hell is paved with good intentions and apparently cat care is on the road to hell. Because it is great to talk about stuff. It is great to talk about what God's going to do. But the biggest thing that I always hear from the Bible as I read it is always God asking us to show up, us to do, us to be involved. And I hear these prophets telling you, oh, God's going to do it for you. Really sounds like you guys are on spiritual welfare. Yeah, we all know how that goes. So, yeah, yeah. So that's it for the show. Good night, boys and girls. I'll see you guys again next week. Stay safe, stay snarky, and stay... You fill in the blank. I don't know. Get out of here. I'm done here. You already got your money's worth in this show.